one of my kiddos used to have struggles with just um, the words that were spoken. And so people would tell her she was mean. And so she would come to me and say, I'm mean. And I'd be like, you're not mean. Like holding the belief, like you're not mean, but everybody says things mm-hmm. sometimes that are unkind. And that's yeah. like, and so I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be that internal dialogue that I yes. want her to have. And even, and because she doesn't oh. have it right now, I will say the words that I, I, and we have to genuinely, genuinely believe it. If I'm saying you will like speak it into her existence. Right. Like, you know, going back to like manifesting, right. I'm like manifesting something I truly believe. And it's almost as if we're saying, I won't let your behavior fool me. I know Mm -hmm. who you really are. Hey, everybody. Did you miss us? Today, we have a good episode for you because it's all about the Connect Method Parenting, which is going to help you become a better parent, a better person, and connect with your kids. And it is not gentle. I was going to say, do you know what it is not? It's a little gentle. It's um, it's a love tap. It's a gentle way of connecting with your kids, but it's not the gentle parenting that's just just doormat be city. Because. Yeah, doormat city. Yeah, no. Andy Martineau is on today. Uh, she's a mom of six, which so, is wild. Uh, if there's any expert in this field, it is her. But she'll tell you all about how she got started with it. Um, but we had some really good conversations. But you know. Wait, does she have six or eight, did she say? I think she said she had eight and six at the time. Oh, geez. She had, she has eight babies. Eight. How are you feeling in your phase of parenting at this moment? I mean, I don't have a toddler yet. Yeah. My son knows no, 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 no. And he just learned to point. So he says, no, 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 and points at me. Um, But it's not of real consequence. It's just like playing. Um, But he's he's thick for sure. Like if he wants something, he wants something. But I can still say, oh, let's go play with your truck over here. And he goes, truck. And then he's still distractible. Yes. So when does that end? When does that expire? Yeah. I don't, I I think really like two, two and a half. Okay. Although, although. Girls are different. Although Sienna is still distractible. It's just, it has to be a little different. And it's not like, like the other day she, I was on the phone and she, I told her we were going to decorate the, um, the tree after we're, we're. Have you seen the mom memes? Why? Because we're, this is for, um, after the holidays. Oh, well just pick it up. Just, yeah. You were told her you were going to do something. I told her we were going to do so. Okay. Like the other day with Sienna, I told her we were going to do something and she couldn't get it off of her mind that she wanted to do it right now, right now, right now. And I was on the phone and I was like, okay, well, we are going to do it in about 15 minutes, but maybe why don't you go check it out and come up with a plan of how we should do it? Did that and work? She, lit- she literally looked at me and goes, that's a great idea. And, w- <laughs> and walked over and did she it. She has like a clipboard and a hard hat. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, seriously. So sometimes just, you know, not saying no, like we're not doing it right now or whatever, but you tell me boss. Yeah. I I don't know. We're all just trying to get by here, but that's what Andy is for. Yeah. I really, I really liked her method and how she thinks about things. And there were a lot of, a a lot that I feel is like, it's not your kids being, it's it's not you, it's me. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's not you. It's, it's me. not you. It's me. Yeah. And how just like I kind of rewiring your brain is really helpful. So in this new year, if you're looking to become a, a new enhanced version of you as a parent, this interview is totally going to help you. Here's Andy Martineau. Tell us about the connected parenting method. So it came about because I was so unconnected. <laughs> my kids are bigger now, but I had six kids in eight years and that was oh my gosh. like, right. The perfect storm to push you to your, yeah. to your brink, to your limits. And so because of how I was trying to create peace and a clean house and get all the things done, I soon found out that I was really lacking in my ability to make a difference to be honest like you know it was like groundhog's day every day can you guys relate it's like groundhog's day and you're like i know it's gonna work this time please 
Yeah. It's like you're trying to do everything, but you're failing at all of it because you're spreading yourself too thin in each area. Yes. yes. So did me. you just did you just suffice to have no toys? Everyone wore the same outfit every day. <laughs> I've, tried, I've tried all of it. Like shoes only in the car, right? Like yeah. so we like we could never forget our shoes because they were in the car. All the things. I love yeah. that. Especially yeah. for like the little ones that you carry half the time. That's a great idea. Yeah. Yeah. That was a hack that really did work. And, and those kinds of things came out of it. And those were beautiful. The things that didn't work were me continually trying to use the same tactics of if you don't do this, then this is going to yes. happen. Or like the threatening, the bribes, the ultimatums, the timeouts. They, no, I shouldn't say they never work. Sometimes they work in the moment because, and we can go into the psychology of why they do, but sometimes they do and are just enough for our brains to say like, oh yeah, let's keep doing that, that because that kind of worked yesterday. The problem is it's not sustainable. It doesn't create lasting change. And that's what I started running up against when my- Did you just lose her too? Uh oh, yeah. Did you lose me? Yeah. Yeah, but you're back. I'm back now. Sorry. Yeah. So you were having, we heard uh, the problem the is- problem is- yeah, we're having a full-on snowstorm here. So I'm oh, no way. Where are you? So we moved from Arizona. I was born and raised in Arizona. And during COVID, we were like, let's just sell the house. We owned a cabin up in, like, by Sundance. I don't know if anybody knows where that is. Up yeah. in Utah. It's up in the mountains. And we're like, let's just, we want seasons. <laughs> so we're in this beautiful cabin by this creek up in the mountains. But today it has decided to officially we've already had one snowstorm but today it's coming down all weekend it's going to be coming down dude so. i am so pea green jealous oh he did the jealous. complete opposite we were like um we're moving to where it's warm and where there are no seasons and where it can just be <laughs> sunny all the time yeah yeah because you guys are both in florida right <laughs> yeah. yeah 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 which is kind of like we're also more green though <laughs> yeah yes but we're also being squirrels right now i want to go back to the connected parent because okay, I know we when, are. We are. We lost my internet. When, so no, but that's always us. That's, that's, us. that's, 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 that's Gianna, Demetrio, Simon, and Casey McDonald Hosmer. Um, <laughs> why? When did it click? Like, you're okay. like, okay, small wins. I'm bribing. It's working. The shoes are in the car. But when yeah. did you say, that's it? Yeah. So there was this moment. My oldest, he's now 24, but he was about six or seven at the time. And I had five kids at the time. And we were in this older home they had converted the garage to a, and we moved used it as a playroom but there's only the opening of a door like a you know regular size door so i have a little baby and she's gone down for a nap and i'm killing it you know done the laundry the dishes were done before lunch kind of thing and then i realized the toddlers have been so quiet it had been at least 20 minutes oh. well when toddlers are quiet for 20 minutes something is happening and I, I walked, I figured they were in the playroom and I heard a little bit of noise. So I'm like, okay, they're alive. And I don't know about you, but one of the most important things when my kids were little was keep them alive, keep them alive. Yes. Right. Um, so I look in and this is funny that we were just talking about Arizona and snowstorm because I look in and it is covered in white. And I now call it the great baby powder blizzard of 2007 <laughs> because they had found flour, a huge Costco sized bottle of baby powder and had covered, like covered everything, poured it in electronics. Our DVD player <gasps> never worked again. I have pictures um, of them just doused, just doused. We would love everything. those photos to include and pop yeah, up. Yeah, I'll, right I'll send now. it over. I'll send over the classic. And and it's funny because in my brain, and as moms, we have these. I, I, at least I did. And I, you can tell me if it's the same with you. Like in my brain, it was, you know, a blizzard. I look back at the pictures. It's white, and everybody's covered in baby powder. But it's not as bad as my brain was making it out to be because I right. was so exhausted from having a newborn. And I knew the impact of the clean, cleaning that was going to be required. I had no helpers. They were not helping. You know, they were little. They're going to make it worse. So I'm like, this is going to. And not only me. did you have to clean it up, you had to track them to the raid, track them to the the closest bathroom to hose. Yeah, them down. like, right. yeah, hose and them down. Track it through the, the, the house. Rest of the house. Yeah, right. Yeah. It's going to make a trail. They're probably going to wake up the baby. You know, I walk in there and I lose my absolute mind be, because I'm exhausted. I know in hindsight there, we all have these moments where we completely lose our mind and it's the best we could do in the moment, even though it's not yeah. very good. And this was a not very good moment. And I start just losing it, yelling, 
not proud of that, but that was where I was at at the moment. And my, he was about three or four at the time. He was the instigator. He's my, my funny. He's always, he was always doing crazy stuff like this. And he thought it was this great, hello, look at this beautiful thing we made. Like, look what I, I made for you. <laughs> yes. He was so excited. He was beaming. And I started oh. losing my mind and I saw his face just go to destroyed, you know, like I have failed mother. And I, in that moment, for whatever reason, and there's no good explanation why, because I hadn't really done anything to deserve to have the insight I had, but there was something in that moment that pivoted for me. It was just like mm -hmm. this light bulb went off and it's, it was, you, this, this is not working. Yeah. This is not going to create what you want. What if it's not true that you have to use consequences that you have to yell to create mm -hmm. order and structure? And I, I, in that moment that that's the there were other little ones but that's the big one the big pivotal moment where i thought i got to go figure out something else yeah. and it was i had no idea what to do it was very confusing to know what i was going to do because the only thing i really knew that that i thought worked because i thought parenting was managing behavior and discipline and trying to teach good values and i thought there was a way to do it which was you know to continue to corral and get them to you know listen and if i gave them the right consequence or taught them the right lesson, they would come around. Mm -hmm. And for some reason at that moment, it was, it was clear that that was not working and I had yeah. been trying it for close to, you know, seven, eight, eight years. And so that's, that's when I started researching, trying to figure out everything because on one hand I was able to say, well, I was able to stop midstream I was in the middle of, of heightened emotional reaction and I was able to change and pivot and why, mm -hmm. and let me go figure that out. I got to figure that out. And then how can I motivate the kids to do what I would like them to do, to teach them the things I think are important to teach them without using these external stimuli, like consequence reward. And I didn't have words for it then, but that's what, that's what sent me on yeah. a mission. I love that. Do and or I think die. all of it. All of it makes so much sense. I, I love in you know a lot of your literature, you call yourself a reformed yeller, which I think is fantastic yes. because I also call myself a reformed Italian, which I and then it. you know <laughs> translate to yeller. You know, we just know how to use our words and our hands, and we're very expressive. And and it's like sometimes you're just like a little combative, and that's just how you communicate. And I I've so toned myself down from that thanks to my husband, um, and I've really seen that get to how I interact with my children. There are definitely times where it's almost like knee jerk reaction to want to just yell about something, but it really resonated with me with what you said about your son and how you just like saw it drain from his face, because that's what I see in my daughter. And the times that I do snap, she will really go like, like real this. Back. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then she'll burst into tears. And it's like, I, it's almost as if like her heart all of a sudden comes out onto the outside of her body and it's just like broken. Like I can see that she's so upset to have upset me that then, so then it's like, I've now created another problem on top of the behavior that I'm also trying to fix. So right. it's, it's all connected. Um, I think this makes so much sense. I want to know from you. So this is around 2007, 2008 that you started thinking this way and saying, hmm, I got to research something different. Was yeah. gentle parenting I was around just back then? That. But also take it one step further, though. You didn't have Instagram. You didn't have all these resources. You didn't have these right. TikToks coming up with these quick fixes. Yeah, no, yeah. There, there was. I mean, I'm I think I'm, but I'm old enough that, yeah, I predate, right, the internet. And when I had young kids, I don't think I had a smartphone. I don't even know if, I, I need to go back and see when those started coming right. on board. I think you guys need some other type of, like, degree of parenting because, like, that's crazy <laughs> yeah. that you were able to do that. That was the Wild West. <laughs> no, no podcasts, right? I, I mean, it, they, that wasn't something I listened to. And What did you do, like, go to the library and take out yeah. a mom book? Like, what'd you literally, do? Literally, literally. I, yeah. I, I researched books. I remember there was a book called How to Talk So Your Kids Will Listen, I think was one of them. And I was like, what is that about? I need yeah. to figure out that one. And then and what, was started... it th what was the first commandment that you found on your search, on your quest? Yeah, that's a great question. I don't think I've ever been asked that. And I love it. The first thing that I realized was that it was all about me. And yes. when I unpacked the situation nothing changed with my kids. 
the mess was still there. You know, the next day they were still fighting. <laughs> they, you know, like it mm-hmm. was the messes, you know, the toys, all of that bedtime had to still do that. But what I was so intrigued and confused and determined to figure out is how did I flip in the moment? Because I figured out if I could, if I could continue to inspect myself at the level that somehow it, ma- it just was, it just happened in that moment, but I wanted to do it on demand. So how did I get to the place where I went from, this shouldn't be happening. You guys are just so ungrateful, right? I'm here cleaning and working so hard and you're just in here making messes for me to this isn't a problem. And so I started looking at neuroscience. I started looking at anything and I, I can't even remember if mindfulness, I don't, it definitely wasn't the, the buzzword it is now, yeah. but you know, yeah. looking at what it, what it was, there, there was a book called the biology of belief that I found that somewhere along in that early days where it was like, oh, like there is a way that my thoughts are affecting my neurology and my back, my degree was in nursing. So I loved science and I right. loved looking at studies and I loved lo- learning how the body worked. And so for me, the first commandment, so to speak, the first thing I realized was I've got to really look at the power of how I'm interpreting the situations because really that's all that changed was me going from, and it was based on his face, right? It was, I'm justified in, in, in yelling to, I have, I'm ruining this relationship and trust and this isn't worth it. Like it doesn't like the baby powder will get cleaned up. Yeah. The relationship, you know, could be impacted. And then you go back to the root of it. Why did I have kids? Why am I continuing to have kids? You know, yes, bath time is always going to come every single night at 530. I'm always going to have to feed them breakfast, lunch, and dinner. They're always going to cut their knee. They're always going to need me. And it is like Groundhog Day, but it goes so fast. But it's not. Exactly. But it's and, not. and that's the thing. Yeah. Like I'm crying. I, oh. When you're in it, it is so hard. to the, the, the Groundhog Day that you said, Andy, is is really a nail on the head. I mean, when you're in it, it is so hard not to feel that this is your life now forever. You are going to yeah. wake up every day and you are going to have to do the same things and you are going to have to do that bath time at 530 and Aww. you are going to have to fight them to get into their pajamas and you are going to have to clean up all their mess. But in the scheme of life, it is this short period Now she has a 24-year-old. I know. know. It's crazy. I know. It, it's, it's the days. And the days are long, but the weeks are short. Yes. Yes. The years are and shorter. You're right. So, so years are saying, shorter. it's like you have to, to look at your own mind and reset that. It's not that you have to yeah. reset your child. They're doing what they should, you know, in, on some, some levels. But you reset mm-hmm. yourself and say this, this is not the biggest problem that could happen today. This is not the the worst thing, you know, and nobody died. Sure. Nobody died. Like that needs to be, you know, and that sounds so simple, but it's like, we're alive. We have our health. We have each other. I can clean it up now. Literally, if you came down the next day from putting the baby down and there was dog poop all over the same playroom, you know, like we need to figure it out, but I guess it's rewiring. I'm sure it's a little different, right? When it, it's when you're talking about toddlers who are kind of just discovering the world and doing some things, and it can be a little bit more innocent versus teenagers who know what they're doing and they're becoming a little bit more manipulative. So it's how yeah. how do you then in connected parent the connected method parenting say to yourself, I am going to be conscious of this time, but I'm also not going to be walked all over. Right. I mean that's a huge that's a huge thing that comes up with every teenager, even, even when they start to become 10, 11, 12, you know, and you start Mm -hmm. to believe they're little adults. One of the best things that helps, it helped me, it helps a lot of the parents I work with is to realize developmentally their prefrontal cortex is not even coming on until around seven. So the prefrontal cortex of the brain, you know, is the logic, the reason, and then it's slowly coming on. So developmentally, like I think men 30 is when it's, the scientists are saying it's fully developed and women 25. So even though your 14 year old son or, you know, 15 year old daughter might be doing things that you're thinking, what in the world is going through your brain? (laughs) Mm -hmm. They really are functioning at a different level than we are as 
but what do you do like if your daughter's like i'm out of here my senior boyfriend is picking me up and we're going out to drink in the woods deal with it lady deal like someone speaking from experience (laughs) no i actually no i actually didn't because i would tell my mom everything i was like word vomit miss teen word vomit when i was in in high school i would tell her everything i was doing who i was with who i had a crush on who kissed who whatever but you see it happen where you're like oh we lost one to the the cool crowd or you know this one's smoking weed now and we're freshmen in high school or this one's drinking now and we're only sophomores so like what do you do when you see them being pulled so far away from you and you don't even know where to start yeah i I have one follow-up question for you real quick why do you why did you tell your mom all the things that's I want to get to that. I I say that I am a recovering people pleaser. I've been a people pleaser <laughs> my whole life um, in very in so many aspects. It's basically I, like a rehab. This is a rehab. rehab for all of us today. <laughs> but I would say things. I would hear myself saying things. Oh, I I don't like management. When I'm in a job, like I shy away from management because I don't want to rock the boat. Like at my core, I think subconsciously, yeah. I want. I want the the top of the water to be smooth and crystal clear, like a mirror. Um, mm-hmm. And it was never like it was never like my parents yelling at me or or being mean or degrading to me. I just I always felt this desire to do well in school or do well in the activities I was involved in. So I always had a really and I still do a great relationship with with my mom. So does Gianna, you know, like where we tell our moms a lot. We're, yeah. we're very close with our moms. Me too. But. It's, it was, I saw my, I saw this happening with my friends. Like, I hate my mom. She doesn't understand me. She won't let me do this. But maybe it was because my mom would sit down with me and discuss with me the repercussions. Like, if you go down this road, this will happen. And it's hard to believe that, but it's like, now I even see it. Like, I I know everything. I can see around every corner you are approaching. Yeah. Yeah, it's beautiful. But that doesn't work sometimes. Yeah. Well, and I was, I was just asking because I think it's always, interesting to 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 reverse engineer why someone's reacting the way they are versus like this teenagers rebelling and you know going off in the woods and drinking with their friends (laughs) i will say this and i want to before i say it i want to iterate that i really truly believe and i hope everyone listening um doesn't hear anything i say and beat themselves up over it because i truly believe we're all doing the very best we like can given our circumstances Mm -hmm. given our upbringing given the conditioning we have as a society all of it and another thing that gianna touched on and you touched on that we could get into is kids sometimes come out the kids they're gonna be like you have eight children and they're all very different human beings versus nurture yes Mm -hmm. yes but go ahead i'm sorry no i love that you brought that up it's that is very powerful so i will say it's not a simple answer to say, why does one child go drink in the woods and one child gushes every, every detail of their life. Um, and, and I love your point of it was, it could, it could sometimes be more of a people pleasing response versus I feel really attached and I want to share everything because I, you know, it could be a combo of both. It could right, be, which is okay. Yeah. It's okay. But I, fundamentally, if you look at and there's different variations of attachment theory out there. But if you look at the fundamental need we have as humans to have an attachment, especially as children, we we instinctly know that we will not survive if we don't have some adult who cares about us and feeds us and takes care of us. And even though as a teenager, there is some autonomy that starts needing to happen for maturation as they are going to leave and grow up and they need to you know, spread their wings and go explore the world. Uh, there is still the need for them to have a strong, safe attachment. So sometimes the reason one child is gushing and another, you know, about all the details and another one saying, screw you parents, I'm going in the woods, you know, not they're even telling them where they're going really, <laughs> is because something has happened to the relationship that there it doesn't feel safe. It doesn't feel mm-hmm. like mom will accept me or dad will accept me, or they have used consequences and they've tried to control and manipulate, which can help, which, which we said works to a degree. And especially when kids are younger, because they can't do as much, they don't have as much freedom, but you do that with a teenager. Right. It doesn't matter what you threaten or pro- promise to bribe them with. If they really don't want to do the thing, they're going to sneak out the window and leave. They, they, they're smart enough to know how to get around the safeguards on the phone. You know, if you don't want them to watch something or do something like they have at some point, they yeah. have to decide. They're so hey, smart. 
Yeah. Yeah. I want to be there on the same page as you, or I want to not be there on the same page with you. But what you do know? you and so- start with? What do you say? How do you even begin that dialogue? Because like you said, it's so easy to say, I do everything for you. I work my butt off. I yeah. keep this house clean. I put clothes on your back. I send you to school. And it's like, you're not grateful. I can't do anything right. But so you have to stop there. But then what do you say? Yeah. So I want to yeah. offer a flip side to that too, almost for the, for the, the child, because I felt I was on the other side of it. I felt you were the woods girl. I, no, I, well, I, I went to the woods a few times, but I felt I had Same. so much, so much pressure on me unnecessarily that I would say, do you know what other kids are doing? Yeah. Do you yes. know what I could be doing? Like, you should be so grateful. Why am I getting in trouble for X when like Susie doing, doing yeah. Z? Yeah. yeah. Like this is, this is insane. And like, to your point, I think that kind of broke the relationship a little bit because I felt just, you weren't getting this, credit. Yeah. 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 That relationship is, is fundamental. I, what, what we say is less important than who we're being for our children. That's what I would start by saying. Like the words, which you, is you so anno- so annoying. It's so <laughs> annoying. Ah! I just want it because everyone's like, just tell me what to say. And I'm like, it's actually, I need to help you with who you want to be. You know? Yeah, it's so annoying. I don't know who I want to be. <laughs> And then there's so many components to it because it, it, it starts with, I, there's three basic things that I say, like it boils down to like this three prong strategy is kind of what I mentioned with the baby powder blizzard was understand your own mind as a parent. <laughs> blizzard of I wish I could just give you a list of things to say and then it would magically right. create, I'd be like a bazillionaire if I had the magic words. Right. Um, but our kids are just way too smart for that. And right. thank goodness, right? Because then someone else could get the words and say the things and get them to do whatever they wanted to. That's so true. it really That's is all true. about relationships. Yeah. So uh, understand our own mind, our own behavior, our own thinking. That th- There's a level of awareness and introspection, emotional maturity that a, a parent needs to be committed to. And, and questioning beliefs like you shouldn't be wanting to go to the woods. Well, I mean, is that true? Like, is that helpful? And, and, and it's not that I don't want you to go to the woods, but like probably every teenager, right. Is going to get to a place where they want the autonomy. So if I can reframe it and be like, okay, I'm really resisting this, but what would be better for is for me to have a conversation of trust and say, tell me about this. Yeah. Like what right. is going to be happening out there? What are the repercussions? And, but that, that conversation could go two ways. If I'm controlling and manipulating and fearful and worried and not trusting my child, they're going to map that. And that conversation is going to be not have not effective if anything, push the, the teenager away more. But if I'm able to come to the conversation with trust, like I believe in my child's inherent goodness and I trust that no matter what they do, I'm going to be able to help them and support them through this and we'll figure it out. Right. And I can try to force them to stay home, but ultimately if they don't want to stay home, I have to, I mean, there might be, if you know, there's stuff going on, there's a whole element of setting a limit and holding to that as well. Right. But it starts by understanding ourselves. I'm not incriminating my mother, but she would say like, let me drive you or hypothetically, she would say, let me pick you up. I think that's great. And honestly, I want to be that parent. Mm -hmm. Like, I think that's great. I think, and tell me if I'm wrong, Andy, that like sometimes letting them know that they have that out, you know, or, or it's like the thing of like the cookies. If you tell them they can't have the cookies, what are they going to do the second eat the you cookies. turn around? They're going to eat the cookies. It's just so a respect. It, yeah. But it, it's kind of like if you're making something seem less forbidden, or it, even if you feel like, you know, if you feel like you have the support and that something does go wrong, if they're not telling you that they're even there, do you think they're going to tell you when something goes wrong? Right. You know, yeah. so I want them to be like, hey, you know, I don't necessarily agree with this decision, but I want to make sure that you're safe and let me figure out how to get you there and whatever. And then if something really happens, tell me. And then there's right, that communication. Right. That door's already been wide open. Is that something your parents said to you, G? No. See, my no. parents would always say, and I never got into trouble. I was such a goody two-shoes. I was probably such a brown noser and so annoying to so many people on so many levels. But my parents would always say, "You, nobody loves you more than us. We are your number one fans. Whatever you do, we will love you no matter what. And we can fix it. We can't fix it if we don't know about it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think that was a 
it was a safety net. It's like, yeah. oh, yeah. That's my Mark's parents were like that. And yeah. that's really, and that's, he's, you know, told me that for years. And that's definitely how I want it to be. But that was not my situation. Do you think that made him not want to rebel? Like he was like, mm, I was going to tag that, that five and 10 cent store, but I decided not to. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, do you think he was like, oh, wow. Okay. Um, I think that, and I think they very much kind of just instilled in him, like, listen, there's a greater plan. Right. Right. Like you're going to go to college and you're smart and you're athletic and you have opportunities for yourself. Don't so peak in high school. Don't ruin it yeah. for yourself. Yeah. Which I think was smart. It's not wrong. So great. But it's hard to instill that foresight when all of his yeah. friends are jumping off yeah. the bridge into the creek. Yeah. He was too tall. If he were to jump, he would just, his head would still just be above water anyway. He wouldn't make it under. There would be a, there would be a crater in the creek. <laughs> All right. Hilarious. What's number two? So we're, we're, I love we're, it. we're working on yeah. ourselves. So what's number two? Understanding our own. Yeah. The second one is, is to do things proactively and to understand what it means to consistently connect and build that relationship with them. So what I mean by that is it, it's good to be in the same room as our kids, to be driving them to their different activities. That Those are all great ways to be with them. But when we're really like intentionally making a decision of how can I really be present with them? Like I, I could do the dishes or I could go play Legos on the floor with my child for five minutes. And I'm, I'm going to go play Legos for five minutes and be all there. And this is tricky yeah. in our multitasking world. It's like, oh mm -hmm. no, I need to do, tw I'll, I'll check my phone really quick. It won't be a big deal if I'm talking on the phone while I'm playing Legos with him or all these things is really making a plan intentionally is how am I going to show up when they wake up? Can I be present Aww. and intentionally connect? How am I going to show up when they go to sleep, right? When they come home, every time we separate, which includes sleep, them going to school, going playing at a friend's house, that's a moment of separation. And I know you both have younger kids. And so mm -hmm. it's even harder when they're younger. They, they really are so needing us and connected to us and they need us for safety. So when they come back, if we can be extra connected, it, it, it might be really hard for them to um, be away from us. They might have had something happen when they were playing at the friend's house or at school that was hard, but they held it in until they came home and now they you know, maybe they're a little bit more feisty or grouchy. And that's because now they're in a place where they can purge those negative emotions because they're in safe their, space, their yeah. safe space. So it's about just really building the relationship, <clears throat> excuse me, really building the relationship when nothing's gone wrong and, and uh, looking at the scale of how many interactions did I have with my child that were intentional, connective and versus directing them, giving them, you know, like, a, like an ultimatum and, and just balancing that scale and making sure that we're doing the work. Like you can't expect to get a return yeah. on an investment that you're not investing in. And, and so there's different ways I help dial that in for parents if they're struggling with it, but you can definitely tell when it's off and it happens to every parent. And it's not just because of how we're showing up. It's, it might be just because their world is chaotic for them right now. So they're feeling more dysregulated. And so they're more disconnected with us too. And so for us to show up in a way that creates trust, because what we want them to know is mom and mom and dad are on my side, no matter what. Right. And so that if we do have to give a limit, I call it limit instead of a consequence or, or say, Hey, enough of that. They know that I'm on their side even if I don't agree, like I accept them, even if I don't accept this behavior right now. Does that make sense? Yeah. Mm -hmm. well, wait, Gianna, I don't know if we're on the same page here, but when you said the connection thing. So right now, my son is with our incredible nanny while I prep for the show and do the show and, and you know, go over things with Gianna. And I'm like, is that bad? And I have such mom guilt about that, but I did have to draw that line where I'm like, okay, I have things that I need to get done whether it's like phone meetings or podcasts and I need a nanny X, Y, Z days a week, but I'm feeling the mom guilt right now of not being connected to my son. No, I, I would say that. What were you going to say, G? Oh yeah. Go. No, no. I mean, probably echoing what, what Andy said, hopefully. And just that, like, I think that's good exposure for them. Mm -hmm. You're not like dropping them off somewhere for days at a time. I think it's good <laughs> for them to, to, to be exposed to other people, mm -hmm. to, to learn that mom's going to go away for a little bit, but she comes back. Um, 
the one thing I was going to say in the last conversation, uh, Andy, you were talking about the safe space. That's one been one of the most powerful things I think I've learned in motherhood of how like they go to school and they're fine and they come down, come home and have a mental breakdown or they spent yeah. the time with the nanny and the, the grandparents and they're fine and then they come home and have a mental breakdown. You hear that so often, but I think A, that's a success in parenting. If your child can behave well with others, but then they break down with you, it's not a failure of what you're doing as a parent. It's that you've allowed that safe space for them. And that goes back to everything you've been saying, Andy, about like, I need to look at myself Mm -hmm. and I need to say, (laughs) I don't need to respond to this and say, oh my God, you're being so bad. You're doing this. Like, oh, or I, and I'm a bad parent. You're a bad kid. Da, da, da. It's I've taken those moments now where my toddler breaks down like that. And I'm just like, all right, like, what do we, what do we need? You know, mm-hmm. like, come here, let me give you a hug. And, and that's where like, you know, we started talking about a little bit in the beginning of like this difference between gentle parenting and connected parenting. And I think, you know, Casey and I have talked about this a little bit. She doesn't have the toddler yet. And I don't. I'm like, yeah. Girl, you just wait. <laughs> Let me tell you what you are in for. Yeah. But so there have been times where I've said like, yeah, I've just had to get on Sienna's level. I get down next to her. I pull her into me and I say, what is it that's wrong? Like mm-hmm. let's, something is upsetting with you. And I think sometimes Casey's like, okay, this whole gentle parenting thing is a little crazy, but it's because I'm trying to say like, I know this isn't you. You see her. Yes. Yeah. Like, I know this isn't you. I know that you don't like behaving like this. So let me like unravel it Mm -hmm. and, and Mm -hmm. see. But she probably doesn't even know what it is. That's, that's like, to your point, you need to be the detective. You are Nancy Drew. And not for nothing. She's three. I'm 34. Do I know (laughs) what is wrong with me all the time? Absolutely not. But here's something that Andy said on, when I was stalking you on Instagram, at that age, you can only have one emotion at a time. So is this true, Andy? Like in that moment, yes. Sienna can't say, oh, my mommy's being so understanding. I love her so much. Like she's just like, ah, like seeing red. Mm-hmm. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah, up until the prefrontal comes on, the ability to have mixed emotions, which is part of me feels bad for this, or part, but part of me understands, or, you know, part of me is mad, part of me is sad, whatever, mm-hmm. you know, part of me wants to hit my brother, but part of me doesn't. <laughs> That's not coming online. <laughs> It's like all about hitting, right? And then they get they go from mad to sad, and then it, they you know they resolve the the anger they had towards their brother, and now they're all about loving their brother, right? right. But it's not they're not conflicted at all, yeah. So they're one. But I think drivers. Gianna's point is like she is being a connected, gentle parent, but you're not being a doormat. Where Sienna is just flinging stuff everywhere and throwing knives, and you're like, I understand. Yeah, no, I'm not doing that. Like when I need to raise my voice, I raise my voice at Mm -hmm. her. But I also know that just yelling isn't going to get the things done. Like sometimes I need to stop and say, you know, what are you feeling right now? Why? Mm -hmm. What is this behavior? Is it because of the and you know, sometimes I don't get an answer again, because she's three and she doesn't know. But in just having that, like, let's stop the engine from revving Mm -hmm. so hard for a second. And let's give it a chance to cool down then we actually like get somewhere. Do you see progress with her or it's kind of just luck of the draw? Okay. Yeah, I really do. Yeah. The science supports it too. The, the, one of my favorite developmental psychologists is Dr. Gordon Newfield. He's a Canadian doctor, love his stuff. And he, he talks about, and this isn't just contained to young children through our whole, you know, human existence lives is going from resisting he calls it mad so you know the toddler is just so frustrated you don't give them the cookie right and they just are throwing the tantrum and they just but you hold the limit you're 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 firm on no cookies before dinner you know and so then eventually when they can't change the situation which is what they're attempting to do by getting mad the goal is that they then surrender to the reality of their life Mm. And then they might cry about it in a different way. They might be crying about it when they're mad, but when they're crying about it in a surrender, futility, I, you know, there's nothing else I can do. It's clear I'm not getting the cookie. That's a different state of emotion. And the nervous system goes from fight or flight to I want to get the cookie to surrendering and back to a state of equilibrium where it's back to a more of homeostasis through that process. And what's fascinating, there's two things that are super fascinating. They've studied the tears, the the chemical makeup of the tears of the toddlers, because they're so willing to give them to us. They just cry (laughs) their eyes out. And the chemical makeup 
changes when they go wow. from the resistance to the surrender from the mad to the sad. And when they're in the sad state and they're, you know, they might still be really, I want the cookie, you know, but you can tell in their body that mm -hmm, they've given yeah. up the fight Defeat, yeah. and now they're just coping with their, their new reality. The, the chemicals that our body, you know, creates, you know, let's go in our body or create our, the chemicals our body creates when we go into a fight or flight state are released through those tears and they can, they can measure them. And so that is the body's way of purging those chemicals that it no longer needs because it doesn't need to be in fight or flight. And the other thing that I think is so remarkable is they've done scans of, of people who have gone through this emotional trip from mad to sad, from resisting to surrendering. And the brain changes just by this journey, just by this emotional journey. And so learning how to hold the space to keep ourselves calm and to realize what's actually happening. They're not just trying to be a brat. They're not just being rude. They're really just processing a big emotion in their body and knowing that is that what's going to grow them up, that the, that the emotional process of them feeling <clears throat> all the gamut of emotions right. is what creates emotional maturity. That is the engine to maturation. When we can sit in that awareness, everything, the perspective changes. So yeah. then if we are understanding that, then it changes the way we're viewing the situations that are unfolding. So it's really How powerful. Do you, what do you do? What do you say to Timmy to make him go from brave heart to surrender over the cookie? Like, do you, do you literally break it down in adult terms? Like, listen to me, like mommy's making dinner right now. It's going to be so good for you. It's going to make you grow up big and tall. What do you, what do you do to do that? For toddlers. Or do you just ignore? First, for, especially for toddlers, it's just about letting them have the journey. So there's not a lot of logic and reason in a up to seven. I mean, it's coming Again, on board around know. seven. <laughs> yeah, well, you'll find out. <laughs> they just aren't very logical. And so, the, and, and actually the the trying to go there, they might try to go there with you and, and try to figure it out. It can interrupt the process, even with like a teenager, even with an adult, if we try to figure it out in the moment when, and I'm talking when we're in the heat of the emotions, and, I, and maybe you can think of a time where you've been really heated and sometimes the, the, if you start to try to talk about it, it, it interrupts, it interrupts the fully feeling this like to its completion and, and then you're gonna have to visit it later, or, or you just feel an underlying irritation for a little bit, right? That's just your nervous system, not tr totally re resolving. So with the, with little Timmy, we're just saying, Hey, I know you're disappointed. And, and maybe there's no, if you're going to say words, it's words like that. Hey, I know this is super hard for you. I'm so sorry that you don't get the cookie, but the answer is no. Right. And I, when I call this the limit and I say, just use five to seven words, like the less words, the better, because they're just needing to go through their process. And the faster you let them just, you, mm -hmm. you keep holding the limit, you keep holding the limit yeah. and they keep just emoting and frustrated. And maybe they're throwing a little fit on the ground and you're just like, Oh, I know it's so hard. And maybe they can do it there. Maybe you need to take them somewhere else. It's, you know, more appropriate for them to throw the fit. Mm -hmm. That's not as disruptive, but you just allow that to happen. It's going to start to change their brain chemistry, change their brain, you know, the maturity in their brain of, the, of their emotional capacity. And so it's less about what to say. It's more about how you're showing up back to that being like, who am I mm -hmm. being for them right now? And I'm being that this is safe. This is okay. This is normal. This is how they become more emotionally resilient and mature is actually to feel the emotions, which is like anything we do. You know, if we're going to learn to ride a bike, we got to ride the bike. So if they're going to learn to feel the emotions, they got to ride the train and feel it and, and, and know yeah. that they're safe to feel mad and disappointed. And that's how their nervous system is like, Oh, I guess it's not you know, something we need to fight when we feel this disappointment. I want to talk about ultimatums and bribes ha! because yeah. <laughs> I have just watched from afar as other parents have done this and seen, mm -hmm. okay, that's highly ineffective. So when <laughs> I got into my own parenting, I was, you know, the same thing. I'm like, I'm not going to do that. And that's actually one of the things that I've really stuck to. There's a lot of things I said I wasn't going to do in parenting mm -hmm. um, that I've, you know, done, but that's one of them where I'm like, no, no, like, I really don't think that's effective. Is, is that true? Like, is there an effective way to do bribes and ultimatums or would you not recommend them at all? Or like, what is your take on them? Yeah, I don't recommend them. Uh, it's not that we don't want to influence and incentivize our kids when appropriate, but to use it as a way of trying to 
control or manipulate or like anything we do that's this external pressure to try to get them to do something and we're not able to do it in another way, like through slow, like if we could just slow down and talk to them, or maybe they need to get some frustration out and then we can address what needs to be done. But if we go to that ultimatum or bribe, yeah, it, it might work in that moment because, and typically it works because they're so afraid of the disconnection that we're go- they're going to mm-hmm. experience from us or the disappointment or the, you know, the, the fracture in the relationship that they might just do it. Mm-hmm. But the repercussions of that is they could become a people pleaser. Do we really want that for them? Because now they're mm-hmm. going to be so afraid of relationships and they, they're going to be managing it by not disappointing people, you know, or they're going to say, no way. They're going to call us on our bluff, especially as they get older and say, you really actually, That's the thing. You really actually yeah. don't have any control here. But what about a situation? Because you said this about Timmy with the cookie in the kitchen. If Timmy is throwing a fit and you are at a fr- – Gianna has an amazing network of friends. So they're at a friend's house. Sienna, her mind is exploding all over her friend's kitchen. Yeah. Why is it bad for Gianna to say one, two, three, four times, Sienna, if you can't get it together, baby – mommy's going to take you home. And then on the third time, it's like, okay, we're going to get in the car and, and Sienna's going to go home. Like, well, I think if you point... stick with it, absolutely. If you stick, if you stick to it, but that's the problem oh. is that sometimes that you don't. And then they start okay. to see that like, you're, I'm, they're, but like, is that said, ultimatum? Okay. But is that, is an ultimatum? Okay. If you're going to actually do it. I think it, so. It, I, it would depend on why you're doing it. So am I doing it because... Let's do that situation. Like Sienna's throwing a fit and we're at somebody's house and I can't have this. Then I guess maybe what I was saying, it's not that I don't bribe or don't do ultimatums, but it's like false things. Like like what? Like Like give an example, like a real world thing that maybe didn't work. So like... So like sometimes Mark will get so ahead of himself and be like, if you don't, if you don't go to bed right now, we're not going to the beach tomorrow. And I'm like, okay, first of all, that has no bearing on her... Yeah, on her right now. Right. Like, she doesn't, that's not giving her any satisfaction in this moment, or she doesn't understand that consequence in this moment. Mm -hmm. And then when we get to tomorrow, like, are you going to be able to hold your end of the bargain? And, like, if not, then you totally just shot your own word with her. But, yeah, I think if it's, like, I wouldn't, and that's the thing I say to her, like, if he says you know, if you don't start, if you don't stop crying or you don't start behaving or you don't let this issue go with the cookie, we're leaving. And I'm like, well, then we better damn well do it. Mm-hmm. Like, don't say yeah. something that you're not willing to commit to. That's but is the, that that's bad? Where I see. I don't like, think that's empty, bad. Empty threats from other parents. Oh. Of, I'm going to take this away or you're going to be grounded or you're, this is going to happen. And then none of it happens. Then it's like, yeah, that's why they're not listening to you. Is there maybe a time say. frame? Like, does it have to be an immediate consequence? Like, is that the trick? Okay. Do you want me to weigh in? Yeah, go for it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So as a three-year-old, she, she's going to have a hard time understanding what you mean about the beach tomorrow, like exactly what you said. So as far as those, there's sometimes where it just doesn't make any sense. The second thing is (laughs) I think it's absolutely beautiful to hold a firm limit. If you're not okay with them throwing the fit at the, at the friend's house, that's fine. But if, if it's because we're embarrassed or we need them to manage their emotions so that other people aren't uncomfortable. Because a lot of times that's what happens is our child starts throwing a fit and everybody else is like, ooh, I, I'm like really uncomfortable when a child's upset. Mm-hmm. Like, can you do something about that so mm-hmm. I can feel better about myself? Yep. Well, let's not control our kids' behavior for adults. Like, if I can see like, hey, she is out of control and she needs some space to process this and I'm not comfortable with it here, I don't think this is the best setting for it, then we could just say, hey, I think I'm going to, I'm think I'm going to take my kids and go home. And it's not because she's in trouble or mm-hmm. I'm, you know, trying to whatever, all the other reasons I'm just going to take her somewhere so that she can have space to, in a dignified way where I can really respect the person I'm being for her in that moment, right. help her process, whatever it is that just happened that caused the meltdown. So the limits are fine. And maybe it's because you said no to something. She wanted to mm-hmm. go do something, you know, or she did something that wasn't okay. Like the limits are beautiful, but the problem or not the problem, but the thing that we sometimes don't understand is those limits are, are the very thing that a lot of times tells our toddler or our teenager, Hey, 
like this is your moment to let go of all those pent up frustration. And so I need a target. Our nervous systems need a target to release the emotions that might not even be about the situation. It might be about something that happened yesterday, mm -hmm. but it's been stuck inside of them. And now the limit is like safe place to, to emote, to get rid of this. It's like needs to get out. And I want to just give another insight to this because sometimes we lose, I think, side of the obvious when it's our kids losing their mind. It, and we kind of touched about on this, about this at the beginning was sometimes when we lose our mind, like if, if someone just came to us and be like, I need you to shape up right now, like stop being upset. What, how yes. would we respond? I'd be like, it's like yes. when the husband says, calm down. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, like, no, I'm, I'm genuinely frustrated right now. And I can't just turn these emotions off. I gotta There's, like have I, some space or honor me. I want to just add to that real quick, that that has been the thing that I have tried to follow throughout all of motherhood is that they are people too. And that yeah. the same things that you feel, they feel granted, it's obviously a lot different, but the same thing, like if you're having a relaxing day somewhere and someone just says, all right, get up, we got to go. You're gonna be like, what, yeah. what? No, I don't want to go. Huh? Huh? Like think yeah. about whatever situation they are in that they're having that meltdown. Think about if the same thing were to happen to you, the way that you would be feeling. And I think it gives you a little bit more empathy mm -hmm. for what they're going through and to, to, and to even say like, Oh, I know this could be really hard, but to actually really mean it when you say that, because you're putting yourself in their position. But that's retraining your reaction time because what, yes. like, ugh, like I am, that's how I'm wired. I am wired to react, fix, move on, like bury it in the backyard, move on. But it's like, okay, let me breathe. And it all comes back to manifesting, breathing, meditating, like zooming out whole picture 3000 or 30,000 foot view of the situation. And that's hard. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. As I clench, as I'm like white knuckled like this. <laughs> like, it's really hard. <laughs> yeah. And think about in the scenario we were talking about with a child melting down in a, in a, another person's house with a whole bunch of people around. If that was us, I got really triggered by something and there was a bunch of people around how how amazing would it be if somebody said i can tell you're really frustrated can i can i help you get out of this yeah environment let's go to the other room for a second right safe. yes let's take a minute mm -hmm. and, yeah and maybe you maybe being here isn't the right thing for you right now it's not a consequence it's not 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 if you don't you know calm down or i need to take you out of the room because you're so worked up it's like i honor you in yes. where you are right now and let me help you and as parents that's what what we about want. What about labels? Because we've all seen that viral video on Instagram where the mom's like, oh, I met, I saw another mom and she's like, oh, your daughter's really shy. And she's like, no, yes. my daughter just takes a minute to she get to know people. To and, yeah. and that's, and you know, it's, it's about those labels and how important is yeah. that, that like you're being really naughty right now or like how easy, what low hanging fruit is it to be like, Santa's watching, you're being mm -hmm. naughty. Mm -hmm. yeah. Or one that I saw in like a positive way is like, instead of saying, I'm so proud of you for something that you should say, like, you should be really proud of yourself for what you did. Like, do you feel, do you feel good about that? And aren't you so not allowed like, to say you like, you're the smartest or you're the pretty, yeah. like, you're not allowed to say that stuff anymore either. Right? Yeah. It's it, the growth mindset. Like, you know, you don't want them thinking <clears throat> this is my worth is attached to my intelligence or something. So yeah, there, there's been a lot of talk about that as well. And I love the idea of switching all the labels. Like I, my default is my child is doing the best they can in this moment. Let me just understand why, if it's really, if I feel like they're underperforming their potential, let me just figure out what's causing the discrepancy. So, you know, they're really triggered. They're really struggling right now. They're really emotional using those instead of they're really rude. They're really <laughs> entitled. They're really, you know, whatever. What are, like, what are spoil. phrases of affirmations that you would use? towards the child. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So it depends on what they present with, but for for instance, one of my kiddos used to have struggles with just um the words that were spoken and so people would tell her she was mean and so she would come to me and say I'm mean and I'd be like you're not mean. Like holding the belief like you're not mean, but everybody says things mm -hmm. sometimes that are unkind and that's yeah. like and so I'm 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 trying to be that internal 
dialogue that I yes. want her to have. And even, and because she doesn't oh. have it right now, I will say the words that I, I, and we have to genuine, genuinely believe it. If I'm saying you will like speak it some, into her existence. Right. Like, you know, going back to like manifesting, right. I'm like manifesting something I truly believe. And it's almost as if we're saying, I won't let your behavior fool me. I know mm -hmm. who you really are. Yeah. I know who you really that's are. That's a, that's a good way of looking at it. I like that. Yeah. That's here's, super helpful. Here's a question. Yeah. What if you find out that your daughter has a real life burn book and she <laughs> is mean? No. What if you find out like she's yeah. seven and she's like, Susie has ugly hair or like, okay. So I'll sum this up. What if you find out that your child is the bully? Correct. Like yeah. I think yeah. about that all the time. I'm yes. like, would I, do I want to be the parent of the kid getting bullied or do I want to be the parent of the bully? Like literally which is worse mm -hmm. because they both sound horrific. I can't even, I like, like as a child who was bullied literally like through my adult life, it definitely makes you stronger, but it's, you need to have an adult in your life. Like you said, Andy, with that reframing yeah. of your internal monologue. Yeah. So if you found out your child was the bully, they have the burn book, they have the thing. I would definitely try to help keep people around that person safe because they're not capable of, mon of, of, of regulating themselves in a way that is allowing them to, to treat other people kindly. So I think you have to be honest with the reality of what's happening. But I would still go back to this, this belief of there's just something not working right for my child right now. And I'm going to believe in their best and just do everything within my power to figure it out. And so is it, uh, is there something else that happened to them? I'm just going to believe in their best and then give them the tools and mm -hmm. resources that they need. Because whether you're the, the, the bully there is typically like the, the child who's got for some reason, could be a lot of different reasons. They, they have, they need to be in that alpha position a lot of times because they feel like they're not safe. And so they've got to be alpha. And so they're overdoing it and they're doing it in an unkind way, mm -hmm. but there's probably, there's always a reason. And, there's a and cup I think somewhere that's not full. There's always. Mm. Yeah. And I wouldn't blame yourself as a parent. If you find out your child's the bully, I would just say, okay, I've missed something. This is not a problem. We can figure this out. It's never too late. I, I hear parents come to me sometimes and they're like, I think it's too late, you know, irreparable. And I, I go back to this study. I've mentioned Gordon Neufeld and in, in, when I was taking one of his classes, he talked about, he worked with, um, a, in a juvenile delinquent, like where, where boys were sent, if they were not allowed to be, you know, they'd done something, they were kicked out of school and, uh, they, they did brain scans and all of their prefrontal cortexes were underdeveloped. Mm. And so at the time, this was years and years, decades ago, they weren't sure the brain could continue to change. You know, maybe they were stuck <laughs> with this. But if they're allowed to move through whatever these emotions that they have stuck in their body, they actually can feel emotions, they can purge them, they can be safe, they can have healthy connections with, you know, adults, they can get some tools. Their prefrontal cortexes did develop and did continue to grow. It, they were delayed because emotional maturity, it's spontaneous, but it's not inevitable. So if the conditions aren't conducive for whatever reason, then that prefrontal cortex, that the, the parts of our brain that are supposed to mature with us as we age may be stunted, but they can still be, if given a, a, you know, an environment that's conducive, they can still continue to, to grow. And so never lose hope. You know, even if you find your child doing something that just horrifies you, that you're just completely in shock about, I think if you can go back to no labels, like we said, drop the labels and just realize there's something going on and who better than their parent to help them figure this out and to keep everyone around them safe and to provide them what they need. Oh, I know. You have, I mean, I think you've really nailed it. I think you've really found this, this nice hybrid of like the gentle parenting, but like the old fashioned parenting. And I love the name for it too. connect Thank method you. parenting. Mm -hmm. And that's really what it is. Just connecting with yourself, connecting <clears throat> with your child and figuring out what works for everybody to get everyone to the best point. 
I love it so much. We need to have um, Andy back on for emotional intelligence and adult. Yes. Adult yeah, to also, adult relationships. I, I also want to go back into like the bullying thing a little bit because I feel like that's even something that's like we bully ourselves. We oh, bully ourselves and literally all the time. And we <laughs> yes, bully each yes. other even after our prefrontal cortex is. Oh, yes. Fully done developed. growing. Yes. 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 Sure. So much, so much things. more to come. Oh my God. Yes. Connect Method Parenting Thank and you. Mother Up Podcast <sighs> coming together for you. Um, Love it. Tell everybody where they can, where they can find you. So um, my podcast, if you're not listening to this on my podcast is Connect Method Parenting. And that's the website to Connect Method Parenting. And then Andy Martino Instagram is where you'll find me. And then tell- and if you're listening to us on yeah, I was gonna say, if you're listening to us on Andy's podcast, we are Casey and Gianna of the Mother Up podcast. You can find us at Mother Up Pod on Instagram and MotherUpPod.com. Perfect. Thank you, guys. This was so awesome. Thank you, Andy. Oh, my God. I love it. <laughs>